Don't touch that dial. It's the Dogman Radio Hour on Houndsman XP. With your hosts, Ed Barnes and Tanner Hurt. Now a word from our sponsors at your favorite beverage company. Yes, beverages are always refreshing and good for you too. So remember to stop and enjoy a nice cold beverage from your favorite beverage company. And now, let's catch up to the boys and hear their latest adventure on the Dog Men. Alright guys, welcome back Dogman Podcast. Myself, Tanner Herr. Ed Barnes. Cody Jenkins. We got together and got to go on a rabbit hunt. It was uh, fun for some of us. <laughs> uh, I killed two. Ed wouldn't even take a gun because he couldn't even see them. And then the guy that took us was just—he just murdered the rabbits. But yeah, he's a sawed-off rabbit killer. <laughs> I was videoing. It's hard to video and shoot. Yeah, so we probably won't ever see a video. I mean, what what did y'all think about the rabbit hunt? I mean. I mean, it's fun. I mean, I used to run rabbit dogs, but it's been it's been a long time since I'd actually done it. So it was kind of fun to do it again. Uh, it's a different thing. I mean, it, I think what's kind of cool about it is that you get to see, you know, a lot of times the dogs are in such close proximity that you get to see them strike and, and you get to watch them work a trail, which is something that in most dog sports you don't really get to see. So that was kind of that was kind of neat. Yeah, it it was my first time going. I I would been around dogs that chase the rabbit, but not never somebody that just goes out with beagles and rabbit hunts. I've never done that, and uh, it was cool to me. Um, we don't want to get too deep into it because we plan on doing a podcast with uh, Stony, but at the same time, we want to touch base on it, like. To me, it was a it was relaxing, you know. Like when we're hog hunting, we take it as relaxing as possible. We don't get in a big hurry, but there's still a catch at the end of a race, you know. Um, but you can let your beagles run a rabbit around you as long as you want, yeah. so to speak. Um, that's what I took from it. It was something that kids of any age, uh, adults of any age, could as long as you can ease out there and get with your dogs you're fine yeah it's kind of it was kind of funny because it's really similar the last podcast we did with uh cody fox we went hog hunting she hog hunts kind of opposite of me and the way me and tanner do where we just cast dogs and then we'll wait where she sends dogs and as soon as they strike she's like right on top of them trying to stay close to the action and Rabbit hunting, there's those two camps as well. So Stoney prefers to, like, send his dogs and let them work, and then he just stays back. And he's, he's super patient about it, and he waits sometimes a very long time for the dogs to work back towards him. And there's guys who do that, and, like, when I ran dogs, I ran dogs kind of the opposite. I ran beagles kind of the way that Cody Fox runs hog dogs where – we would, as soon as the beagles struck, if they were 100 or 200 yards from us, we would go straight into them and, like, 
kind of follow the dogs where Stoney has the opposite kind of approach. But he was a master at, like, picking the spot. Yeah, where he, he, it, it helps when you get to hunt a place like he does all the time. He knew exactly where they was going to be, when they was going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he knew he he was thinking like a rabbit. I don't know if he has <laughs> yeah. rabbit fever. Or yeah. He, just, he has the brain set of a rabbit. Yeah. In a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> uh, yeah, when ground dogs start chasing rabbits, I'm going to kill this one. Yeah. I got to get up there in tight and close. I turn around, and he's got that something that's carried over his shoulder looking at me. Yeah. He said, you should have been right here. And the reason and the reason why Stoney's not with us, we're, this podcast we're just kind of filling in. We, deer, deer gun season kicked off. Uh, was it the weekend after we went rabbit hunting with Stoney? Mm-hmm. Which Stoney also hog hunt. So our plan was to go, we were going to go rabbit hunting with him. And then the next weekend, he was going to go hog hunting with us. And then we we're going to do a podcast and kind of like merge the two since he hunts both ways or both game. And we made plans. And then as soon as we made plans, we realized that we'd made plans to turn hog dogs loose the Friday before or the, the night before rifle rifle season started, which is probably like I was telling Tanner, I was like, that is probably the worst night of the year to hunt. Just because of danger. Yeah, that's it's it's so so to speak. It's our off season. Uh, we hunt year round, but we do try to give a little respect to the the rifle hunters, and that's when the orange armor comes out. But um, but yeah, right after right after this, we'll be we'll be firing up hard. Um, it's that time of year. Everybody's calling us. They're tired of pigs eating their deer corn and. Uh, but no, that's that's one of the reasons we're we're winging it. Ed said, um, so hopefully we can get with Stony and and get a podcast put out. But uh, we really ain't been doing anything with hog dog wise ourselves too much feeding but, them. But we also deer hunt too. Yeah, we've been deer hunting, and uh, Ed he can he's not a horn hunter but this year he hasn't shot anything because he has a big one on camera so it's messed it's totally messed me up like i always just shoot whatever i I go if i'm normally if i go deer hunting whatever pops up first is what i shoot and then this is the first year believe it or not i've ever had a game camera and uh i got one pretty good buck and i was like man i'm gonna try to get this guy and then passed up a bunch of does and a small buck first two days and uh then i said forget this i'm just going to shoot the first thing i see and then i've only got to go twice since then but i haven't seen a deer since then but it's made me so happy i haven't told ed this but you know like i enjoy deer hunting myself i enjoy just being in the woods you know it but i enjoy also trying to chase a big deer i I run trail cameras through the summer you know it's just kind of a side hobby we still run dogs and we still do all that and uh every time i talk to ed oh i got a big deer on camera he kind of roll his eyes at me you know and and, uh act like he's just way above that (laughs) he uh he got him a game camera this year and now he's kind of turned into a horn hunter a little bit and it just makes me happy. So. <laughs> We're rubbing off on them. I like to eat deer. Oh, I do too. 
but but yeah, I would like to kill that that well, one I saw. So I got three deer in my freezer, and they'll be gone before next year's deer season by far, easy. Uh, when I had a, when we had a house full of kids, I'm not kidding. Like we could eat a deer in a week, week and a half, because like when we would get a deer, it was like that's what we ate every meal. Yeah. Yeah, you think three deers is going to last you when you got a bunch of kids. you got three kids, Cody. Oh, yeah. And them kids can put a hurting on a deer. And they like it. And that's that's the thing. I I grew up hunting, and my dad, my dad's from Montana, and he grew up hunting there, you know, but it was elk. It was, you know, he had bird dogs. He'd, they'd point grouse, you know, stuff like that. When he moved to Oklahoma, he's like, well, this whitetail's cool, but you don't really do it anymore, so. I grew up, I, we didn't eat it, you know, like. Really? I, I would eat it at a distant family's house and loved it. I mean, I, I love the taste of deer meat, but, like, as far as my my family, no, we didn't eat it. And then we had to get together, I think, two years ago at my uncle's house. And I said, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make some kebabs. I'll grill kebabs. So I made kebabs. Just look, beautiful kebabs. Everybody bragged on them how good they was and I let everybody get done and we was all sitting there talking I said well I said I can't believe y'all like them kebabs what why I said well it was deer meat and you thought my mom seen a ghost I mean just <laughs> oh my god I can't believe you done that like but you liked it didn't you yeah I liked it I said well, exactly and but that's just how I grew up but we we me and my wife now we enjoy it to the full I mean we look forward to it so yeah, and we ate uh, after we – how many rabbits did we get with Stoney? I think it was nine. Wasn't nine all together. Nine or ten. So, basically, I shot two. Then Nick shot the one, I think, with Stoney. I think that's how it went. Yeah, and then but, but Stoney could have killed it. He said he let Nick shoot it. Yeah, <laughs> then Stoney killed the rest. I Six. Mean, <laughs> yeah. It was – I was more of just a rabbit watcher. I mean, it's, I'm not saying he's good, but he just had a better spot than we did. <laughs> no, no, he's good. <laughs> I've been rabbit hunting a bunch, and he's good. No, we had fried rabbit that night. Yeah. We cooked fried rabbit that night. Yeah, we did. And I'd also never had that, and I was I was very impressed. We just fried it, and I'm sure people can cook it better than I did that have had it before, but I was I was really pleased with it. Rabbit, wild rabbit's my favorite wild game meat. Yeah, as far as flavor, you got to, you know, it tends to kind of be tough. I like fried rabbit, but it does tend to be tough that way. Yeah, it don't really, I don't really notice it. My kids love it. They'll they'll eat that faster than they eat deer meat. Yeah, I think for me, I think for me, uh, wild game meat goes in rank. I would rank it rabbit, squirrel. I don't know if I'd. I don't know if I'd put hog. I don't know if number three would be hog or deer. Probably hog, and then deer. Just as far as like flavor. See, I I think I still have deer towards the top. Me too. Mine's rabbit then deer. It uh, and I haven't had squirrel a whole lot. Colby's grandma, but she could cook anything in the world, and it's going to be amazing. Um, she's just her pans are something special, and she's just. <laughs> good at everything she does in the cooking wise and she used to make us squirrel and dumplings and 
me and Colby would lock the door for nobody else to get in the house and eat all we could. But I, and I've, had, I've had it fried a couple times, but but no, for sure. I mean, I seen a rabbit last night when I was out in the field at the house doing stuff after dark. And I was like, well, I'm, I said he'd taste good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might start shooting them now. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, but no, we. It's our off season, like I said. We're getting warmed up. I got. I brought some puppies that I'm gonna take over to Cody's house. And, you brought them with you now. Um, yeah, but hopefully. That way, when we turn them loose, they won't chase every other thing in the woods but a pig. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but you said you like rabbits. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. If they'll chase a rabbit or bay a rabbit, that'd be pretty neat. I don't know if anybody's ever just sure enough got a rabbit to bay up. But yeah, I don't think they. I don't I think they're pretty hard to get to bay up. Are they? I would that's what I wondered the other day. I was like, these beagles are going, going, going. I was like, how do I know when to send the bulldog? I was like, yeah. How do you know when they're bait? And it's kind of a funny thing, too, like, kind of like what I was saying, how you get to watch a lot of it. Like, for somebody who probably, for somebody who's never rabbit hunted with beagles, they would probably imagine that these rabbits are just, like, flying, like, just running as fast as they can possibly run. But they really don't. No. Like, we were hunting, we were hunting kind of like a light timber in areas that was fairly thick. Solid briar patches. Yeah. I mean, that's typically where they're going to be. like typical good rabbit yeah. hunting territory. But, you know, so you the dogs would be kind of making a, you know, you could hear them getting closer to you. Or and you could probably, you could see them at lots of points. But, and then the rabbits, you know, they just kind of, they don't flat out just run full bore. They just kind of hop, stop, kind of stand, wait, and then they run a little bit more. Well, they know they're camouflaged enough that. And it also depends on the speed of your dogs, too. Yeah. His dogs wasn't fast. No. They was, and they don't push that rabbit as hard. Because I've, after the, so many people that I've been with, is different. My, my father-in-law, for instance, he's got fast dogs. So when them dogs are getting close to you, that rabbit's right there. And his, them dogs could be making a comeback, and that rabbit would be hopping right in front of us, and we wouldn't know it. But that's enough of Stony Talk. <laughs> no, <laughs> that way we can save some yeah. for when he's with us. But how how old were you when you got Beagles, Ed, the first time? Uh, it'd have been like ninety seven, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. So I'd have been like twenty six or so, twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, I was. Uh, let me see. I would have been a uh, one. <laughs> one. Yeah, one year old. <laughs> I. I kind of grew up around beagles. I was four. You were four? <laughs> My grandpa always had a ton of beagles. And then uh, one of my uncles always had beagles around, rabbit dogs. So it was kind of a natural. I, I was wanting to get into dog hunting. It was, it, it was, there. It was kind of the go-to. Like, And it was fun. Uh I ran like patch bred beagles, which were like a lemon and white, a little bit larger than than what Stoney had. And uh, I had two two of my better ones at the time, and I got them running really well. And then I I would get up every morning, almost not every morning, almost every morning, probably four nights a week, four days a week, 
I'd get up and uh, go run them for an hour or so before I went to work. I was younger then and had energy to, oh, do, yeah. to do that kind of we stuff. We were just talking before we started this so that Ed has a lot easier time waking up in the evenings to go deer hunting <laughs> yeah. than he does in the mornings. And so that's why I was wondering if he's being very truthful on this rabbit story. But Yeah, I was younger. So what, let me ask you this. As far as your quality of dog, do you think you had better rabbit dogs or hog dogs? Well, I didn't really run rabbit dogs for very long. Probably no more than two years. And actually, I was uh, up by Ulaga, and I was coming. I was coming back from rabbit hunting up that up that way. I had pretty. I had decent dogs. I mean, I shot rabbits with them. And uh, I stopped at a gas station, and this is probably ninety nine right around 99 and this truck pulled in you know like homemade dog box two levels bunch of cur dogs in it had a bulldog tied up on top of one of the boxes and i just remember like looking at these guys and i was like what are like like what is going on here like what could these guys possibly be hunting with these dogs? Was there any rebel flag stickers on their truck? <laughs> the Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm going to run through them real quick. You've got the Rogueroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you got to find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Roguru on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors, it's got walking lights, it's got the red, the green, the amber, it's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning to coon hunting at night to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it. And that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajun's top rated customer service. Check out Cajun Lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com. Go to our sponsors page. Hit that link. It'll take you right to Cajun Lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun Lights. I don't recall, but I'm sure there probably was. So, you know, I'm kind of a shy person anyway, but I just had, it was like, I'm pumping my gas and it was like driving me crazy. So, like, I went over and, like, introduced myself and they said there was hog hunting and I it, it didn't even like it didn't register in my mind i was like hog hunting like to me it sounded like you know horse hunting or you know something like that you were that guy <laughs> yeah i was that guy you were that guy i was that guy but back Amazing. then there was hardly any hog hunters in you know we're up in northern oklahoma so there was very very few down south i imagine there was obviously more but uh yeah, so we exchanged phone numbers, and the next weekend I went 
hog hunting with those guys and from that I mean from that minute like I was done with beagles and it was on to hog dogs yeah that, that's kind of how I was with coon dogs like me and Cody I mean we we all grew up together but and I enjoy coon and I, I would go tonight if I had the option I like I enjoy going there's nothing I don't like about it but when I started hog hunting I was like yeah I was like this is this is more my my game you know and it's just you got to do what you enjoy you know you'll have that option of coon hunt when you can't really go hard when you're hog hunting yeah once that's, you get older and you can't just you can't physically do it no more then you can fall back to coon hunting yeah hog hunt, I, and that's kind of you know i was young at the time and that hog hunting kind of draws in that hmm. you know when you're young you want action and excitement and all that and i think hog hunting is kind of suited towards yeah that's that's a that's a hundred percent like that was my main thought after we went rabbit hunting i was like you know and when i get too old and don't have the drive to go up and down these haulers and flip a boar hog and you know all that jazz yeah like running bulldogs out that are cut on your back yeah and just, just stuff like that which I'm about too fat for it anyways now, but um, you could, de- I mean, I would just definitely have four beagles and putt around and drink my coffee and a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know, Cody's, is it your, your father-in-law, right? The yeah. rabbit hunts. And like you were telling us, like he doesn't shoot. And while we was hunting uh, with Stoney, the, the place that we was hunting is a, really popular i used to hunt it you know mm-hmm. back when i ran beagles it's it's just loaded it's a super popular spot but like one old guy come by he had lost a couple beagles he didn't even have tracking collars on them and uh, i was talking to him for a bit and he doesn't shoot so i think a lot of the older guys it's just kind of uh you know get out and run the dogs and get away from your wife yeah get their buddies together and they just go run rabbits yeah we'll see i mean so i've kind of got the best of both worlds like i'm getting older but i hog hunt with younger guys so they get to do all the work and i get to take home the glory <laughs> <laughs> so 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 what we got to do like whenever you guys start getting up around my age then we got to find some like 20 something year old kids well, my son's coming up he'll yeah. be ready for long that's true which I put in my time, like I hunted with Lee George. He ran beagles. I mean, he ran beagles his whole life, and and never quit. He, he had beagles and hog dogs. But him and I hog hunted together, and it was kind of hard to get him to do it. But every once in a while, I'd twist his arm and we'd go run his beagles instead of hog hunting. But so I've been on the other side of it too. Like he was, you know, I was forty and he was seventy when we hog hunted. So. Uh, I had to, I had to be the young guy that did all the hard work. So I've been on the other side of it too. Yeah, that's why you're slacking off hard now. <laughs> I'm not slacking. <laughs> no, I don't know. We we've <laughs> talked about it before, but we hunted a tournament and Ed went along with a camera, and the rule was he couldn't do anything, and it was no different than 
Whatever. Going hunting on a Saturday night. Like, Whatever. Yeah, he'd say, I'd, I'd grab that dog. He said, but I just, I can't, I can't do nothing. I can't. It's, and I said, Ed, I said, there's no difference. I said, you're just hunting with us like normal. Whatever. <laughs> rules are rules, you know. But he was just using that day as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to break the rules. I don't I mean, know if I ever want to hunt like that again. Oh, I mean, the tournaments are definitely. Yeah, I mean, we like, walked 24 miles and. 25, 25 hours 24 miles and 25 hours yeah and that was and that's that's not as the crow that's as the crow flies they don't include them nasty old haulers that we had to go up and down and that and that wasn't even pushing dogs that was just getting pigs out of the woods and and stuff like that <laughs> yeah so. we really had some bad luck that day a lot of miss catches and everything i mean caught a bunch of, i mean you guys got second place yeah and missed missed first place by like it wasn't much, but seven pounds or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something. But. but we don't normally hunt. We don't normally hunt in that style anyway. But it was like we took off on foot, and the dogs just kept pushing deeper and banning hogs, and we just kept ending up deeper and deeper. And it was a lot of walk, more walking than normal. Which, if you're going to win a tournament, that's a hard to come in second and do it the way you guys did it. Oh yeah is pretty impressive because obviously the easier way to do that is you know drive and dump on stuff and close. it wouldn't have been near as bad but the place that we was hunting on it was hunting season wasn't it and they didn't want us driving out there on vehicles uh, i can't remember if it was hunting season i don't think it was hunting season it no. was just they just didn't just, want us driving was, out there that was the rule yeah the, but uh but yeah that's yeah the tournament's brutal which I don't, I mean, they have, you know, like in the Beagle world. So you'll have uh, field trials, which is kind of, I guess it would be kind of like their tournament, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, kind of like coon hunting. You know, there'll be three or four guys would go out together. And then I think, I've never done it. I've, I've been along on them. I've never put dogs in it. But I think they have a judge, you know. But what, I'm, what I was getting at, and, and then obviously you have coon hunting competitions. I mean, most dog sports have some kind of competition that goes with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, but but none of those compare to like the intensity of like a hog hunting tournament. Yeah, and another thing I got to put towards that, like the the hog hunting tournament, the reason I'm not huge on it is a lot of it matters where you hunt. Like, am I going to be able to get this pig out of the woods in five minutes? Or am I going to have to take an hour and a half to try to get him up out of this draw? You know, and and not saying that's not, not – I'm not saying that's not fair. That's just part of it. You know, like, it's – there's different circumstances and everything that you do in life. But people got to realize, yeah, you might have – 60 pigs come into a camera at night on this place but you got to figure out how to get them out of there you know and that's a lot of it a lot of it's the work towards it you know yeah i mean i don't think i don't think that a hog hunting tournament determines who has the best dogs no a lot of it's spots and that's what's really who has the best spots that's uh i can't i can't really even say that because we got some of the best spots in Cherokee county to hunt but they're not nasty like tanner said yeah but they're not good spots for hog, hunt hog tournaments, tournaments. Mm-hmm. so like you know 
typically, and it's kind of changing a little bit, but typically tournaments are like 48 hours plus, right around 60 hours, two and a half days or so normally, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So uh, they're, they're, the time frame is big enough to where like if you're having a tournament, if there's a tournament in Oklahoma, even if the check-in is up where we're at, northeast in the mountains, somebody from central Oklahoma or even southern Oklahoma can enter. They just have to allow themselves time to get four or five hours to drive back to weigh-in. So they can go, mm-hmm. like central Oklahoma, like you've hunted a tournament down there with clay, like cropland mm-hmm. where it's flat. So they can go hunt flat cropland with grids of roads every mile where it's easier to get pigs in and out and kind of use that terrain to their benefit and then just drive four hours back up here. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not a good judge of a dog. I mean, and there's no, and people have been banging their heads against the wall for years trying to figure out a hog hunting tournament that mimics like the coon hunting competition world where guys go out together but it just doesn't work because you can't just throw hog dogs together the same way that you would throw three or four coon hounds together exactly and uh a thing that i i tried to put out there on the hog hunting deal was just have you know like they have a big coon contest have a big hog contest yeah you know have one big hog you know, you might catch a 80-pounder and beat somebody, and beat me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if you have a big one coming in on camera, you can go kick out on him, but that does not mean you're going to catch him. Yeah, I mean, we we did a couple of tournaments like that, you know, with ODHA, mm-hmm. where we shortened it up from being two and a half days to just being, like, the last... 24-hour? I don't even know if it was 24 hours. The last one we did up, up there at... Uh, the rodeo grounds at Locust. What was that? I think we started at 6 p.m. on Friday. Yeah, it was. And it was then 24 hour, I think. Weigh in 6 p.m. Weigh in one hog at 6 p.m. on Saturday. And I, I always liked that because, you know, the other thing about the the hog competitions, kind of the normal is just if you show up with 60 hogs, you know, mm-hmm. or sometimes they'll do the five biggest or whatever but what i don't like about that is where you just got armies of guys out there like decimating your hog population yeah which is kind of a sticky political situation but we're hog hunters and we like hogs. Mm-hmm. and that's yeah that's a hard subject to talk about though yeah <laughs> yeah you, i mean there's most people that we hunt on when I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and, exactly it. And and you gotta you gotta respect the people you hunt on's rules. That's their property and that's what you have to abide by, which is what we do, you know. But I was talking to a friend of mine that's a deer hunter and he's a diehard deer hunter and uh he was saying a bad rap about the pigs and he kinda mouthed off that about me liking pigs. I said, Taylor or in the I said, why would I want to kill every pig in the woods? I said, you know, yeah, we can knock them back. I said, knock them off your feeders, knock them off this. And, but would, 
what if something happened and you killed every deer in the in the woods? Every deer was gone. Then what would you do? What would you do? What would we do with all this corn we got piled up? You know, and uh, and a, it's a touchy subject, and I get it a hundred percent, and we'll always always bicker back and forth about it, and that's just part of it. Um, the Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsmen of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsmen. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this Made in America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say Made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. But, yeah, we you have to abide by it. You know, we... We've had some, we're not going to say what we did, but we've had some incidents that we, the guy wanted us to kill the hogs no matter what, and me and Ed both forgot a pocket knife. Oh, over it. Yeah. yeah. And, but we did, we did what we said we was going to do, and uh, we got rained on and everything else because of it. We had to go back and get uh, something to dispatch the pig with, but it, uh, <laughs> we, we, we tried to kill this pig <laughs> without a knife. Yeah. Like Terrence, I'm, we're not, I'm not going to get into specifics. You'll just have to use your imagination. But we tried to kill this pig. We dr- it, got it, him. It did die. Yeah. We got him back to the road. We weren't all that far from the road, but it was hard getting him back to the road. We got him back to the road. We thought, surely we got something in the truck we can kill this thing with. And that's where we're going to cut it off. Then that's where we stop. But, but the pig is dead. <laughs> so. But we went to the afterwards. I think it was the next day. We went back over to the landowners. He'd just given us permission that morning. We went back over to his house, and we were telling him the story about the debacle we had with the pig. And uh, he said, dang, guys, he said, you know, in a situation like that, you know, you don't have to kill it. I mean, don't go to that extreme to kill it. (laughs) (laughs) But you got to keep your word. Yeah, and he he respected us on, on that. And then, you know. And then he said, after we told him that, he said, because at first it was every hog has to come out dead. And then when when we told him that story about how far we went with it, he said, well, if y'all want to take some out alive to sell for dog food, you know, he, he knew he could trust us at that point. You know, I mean, it's kind of, I get it because hogs are, you know, not native. I do think that hogs get blamed for a lot of stuff that isn't totally true but you know oh yeah coon hunters would never get in trouble for not shooting every coon that they treat or mm-hmm. and that's and yeah. that just goes back to <laughs> and believe it or not they probably eat around here probably eat just as much corn as a pig oh for sure because <laughs> i got twice as many coon on camera than i do pig you know it's weird though because me and tam were talking about this last year well two years ago oklahoma went to year-round 
gun season on coons. What, two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. And they and they did that because the population was just getting out, out of hand. Yeah, out of control. But like last year, Tanner would show me pictures from his game camera, and there would be 16, 17 coons in one picture. Yeah. And this year, I, I haven't seen that. Have you? I've. I have in other spots besides my house. I had, I told Chuck that he could coon hunt any time he wanted, and I said, "But there's only one rule." I said, "You know, try to try to thin them down." I said, "I know that, you know, their their hides aren't worth a whole lot now, um, but they're so thick that either that's going to happen or the disease is going to wipe them out." I mean, like it was getting to that point. I mean. You could walk out there in the daylight and there'd be coons eating corn. I mean, it was just unbelievable. But they're, they're not as bad. Other places, yeah, I still have quite a few. But um, I mean, it's crazy because, I mean, a coon, a coon hide today is probably worth, like a premium is probably worth like $3 today. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. So like who's gonna who's gonna skin coons and, three bucks. and freeze them and because <laughs> skinning a coon ain't the easiest thing in the world neither. To skin Greasy, it, nasty. Yeah, to get it good. But like my dad was telling me in the seventies, coon coon hides got to thirty dollars in the nineteen seventies, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and him and my uncle would go uh, coon hunting. Just to make money. Well, that's what my my dad was and my grandpa. That's what they used to do almost for kind of have a living. Yeah. My so dad said uh, it didn't matter what kind of. He said most of them was run twenty to thirty bucks coons. He said a possum was worth five dollars. He goes, you kill possums just to pay for your gas. Yeah. He said then coons is where you made your money. So you think about it. So I I think that was in the, I want to say the mid seventies. I could be wrong, but I know it was in the seventies that my dad said like a premium, good good hide was going for around thirty. So. Say that was 1975. So in today's, you know, adjusted for inflation, that would probably be like if a coon hide was worth $110. I think I'd be going coon hunting tonight. Yeah. Well, you could, you could, you could make money off doing it. And I don't. I've never. I haven't heard a good explanation of why. And it's not just coon. The whole fur market is pretty much the bottom. Just falling out a bit well, it'd be all the you know the fake furs i would imagine you know that not hardly anything's made out of real fur anymore i mean well i know that uh that, that i know of i mean i could be dead wrong but i know that a, a lot of the furs from america went to russia that's where they you know the buyers that you know bought from everybody and, and saved them up i know that a, a good number of those hides were going to Russia or, you know, Eastern Europe. So I don't know why. I don't know. I'm sure that market has something to do with why it's gone down. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we used to, you know, on hogs, see, we used to be able to sell wild hogs through the cell barns. Mm-hmm. And, and they stopped that five, six years ago in Oklahoma. Longer than that, now I would imagine probably ten. Yeah, yeah it's it's been has. it's been at least ten years. It probably has been, oh. but I mean that was the best thing, uh, and they did that to try to take the monetary value off of a pig, thinking that that would 
reduced numbers, but I think it had the exact opposite effect. But, I mean, used to, used to if we caught a good boar hog and we, he was in a place where we could get him out alive and, and we had a holding pen to keep him till Friday, the, the cell barn here you could was on Friday night. But there was a lot of times we'd take a 250-pound boar hog up there with good teeth and and get about a dollar a pound, which was pretty good money. Yeah, it's dog food. And that's that's the same thing we would do, like not just take them to the cell barn, but we would sell them to people around here would want to buy them. And I understand 100% they want to buy a live pig because I wouldn't want to buy something dead laying on the back of somebody's truck. Um, that's, you don't know how long it's been dead, <laughs> stuff like that. And But when they when they made it where we can't transport them alive, you know, that shut all that down. It's, yeah. Um, and it, we wasn't getting rich off of it. It was, you know, 20 cents a pound, you know, if, if you're just selling to somebody. It was a free bag of dog food. It was a free bag of dog food, exactly. And uh, which, I mean, like I said, it ain't do or die. We're going to hunt no matter what. But it was just <clears throat> another aspect of it, I guess. Yeah, we have a right where we're at northeast oklahoma again i don't really understand it but we have a fairly large population of asian immigrants Mm -hmm. and they're cambodian loatian vietnamese and they love boar hog they want to eat boar hogs yeah we i took a a boy that has grew up around our family the other evening during new season i took him deer hunting he'd never been hunting before at all and uh we was sitting there and hadn't seen any deer at all how uh, we was watching this boar hog pop out in the field and me being me i was like i don't want to shoot i don't want to shoot this thing <laughs> but he was watching it and i said i said you want to shoot that and he was yeah i said okay i said we'll see if we get close enough first so we sneak up on him i think we got about 60 yards and He's eating down this road, and he just keeps getting farther and farther away from us. So we'd get all set up, and he's trying to find him in the scope and stuff like that. And then he'd move, and then we'd get a little closer. I think we did that three or four times, and uh, he tur- finally he turned, and uh, he he shot him, made a good shot on him. I was proud of him. I mean, shooting a thirty thirty, he'd never never shot anything, you know. He was he's eat up with it now. He he keeps a camo backpack at our store he hangs out in our store all the time and he has his camel clothes in it at all times because if i come by and i'm going deer hunting he can go with me he says so i try to take him as much as i can but um i was taking him back to the store to his brother that night and uh i don't know if he was laotian or what he was but he they was so happy to have that boar hog they had two or three deer in the back of their truck but they was happier to have that hog than they was those deer, yeah. you know, and uh, which is was fine. I just I give them the pig. I I wasn't worried about, you know, selling it to them or nothing like that. I would rather make it used, you know, and know that they're going to eat it. But yeah, and you're taking, and that's something that gets talked about a lot. But I don't think, I mean, there's people who do it, but like what you're talking about, like this boy doesn't really have a father figure. No, no, but he. uh he just grew up with our family, and uh, he's supposed to go hog hunting with us this, this winter, too, you know, after gun season and stuff's over. But I'm, I'm huge on 
I want to get people in the woods, you know, not just because he don't have a father figure, you know, it's good for everybody to learn how people used to live, you know. Well, I mean, if you look at the, it's been, it's been a few years since I've looked at it, but I'm sure the trend has continued on the way that it was, but uh, there used to be a website where you could look at the number of like general hunting licenses that were sold in Oklahoma per for each year going back decades mm-hmm. and they would and the, they the number of deer harvested and you know number of small game or uh, fur bearer tags bought and, and all this stuff and it was all just a line the numbers Damn. were just getting smaller yeah. smaller smaller so you know i mean that's i mean it's it's not fun to think about but i mean we are kind of in a cultural war where uh people like us that hunt we're the oddballs now mm-hmm. and as our numbers get smaller our influence gets smaller and our way of life just you know gets uh cut back and back and back and we have fewer people to to help us with that fight to keep to yeah, keep yeah and and I'm not saying that I kill everything I eat you know I'm not I'm not that kind of person but it is to me it's good to get back to your roots you know like for instance like I took him hunting you know a couple of evenings ago I sh- I shot a doe and he was sitting right beside me and he was more pumped about me shooting it than I was you know which I've shot a lot of deer but we shot that doe to eat and he has asked me probably three times hey when are we going to cook that doe you know what app I use on my phone more than any other app besides the podcast app to listen to this here podcast? I use Onyx. Onyx Maps is the most comprehensive mapping system for hunters on the market today. I use it all the time. When I was in New Mexico, I was looking at 40,000 acres of ranch that I needed to learn. I flip open Onyx and just start studying studying the map when i'm riding trails i put the tracking app on it helps me get around in strange country i could mark water sources food sources bear sign just all kinds of options within onyx you need to check out onyx maps by going to houndsmanxp.com click on the link on our sponsor page you'll go right to onyx maps and when you check out Enter the code HXP20 and you will get 20% off of your order. Know where you stand with Onyx. You know, when are we going to eat that deer meat? So tomorrow evening he's coming over. We're going to cook it. We're going to do all that. And, you know, I just, it's good because hunting's a fad. Hunting is a hobby. Hunting's, it's so marketed right now. I mean, Cody understands, like, Cody duck hunts, Cody deer hunts. He's, we've all, we've hunted everything, but people make a lot of money off hunting. You know, like from your deer corn sales to your camo to your rifles to your everything, which is awesome. You know, because that helps make it where we can still do it. You know, but it wasn't very long ago when you shoot a deer. Hey, I'm, my family's gonna eat. You know, when I, like you said you. Your kids would eat off deer for until it was gone. Oh yeah, and I mean, there's a kind of a 
people used to kind of do it. Uh, people used to kind of hunt for, well, like the like saving money, mm. you know, like uh, especially here in Oklahoma, everybody was not everybody. Most people were, were poor, and we're kind of getting back to that. But what I see a lot nowadays is that people are hunting for the table, but they're but it's not as much about money. It's kind of like uh, this is organic. This is yeah, better yeah. for me. And I think that's important and it's true. And like on about the kid, like when you go hunting and kill something and then eat it, it like adds another level to, I mean, other, I mean, otherwise you could just go shoot at targets, you know, yeah, and get a really good shot on a target and feel good. Yeah. My, my son, he killed his first deer last year and he was more excited about all of us getting to eat it than he was him actually shooting it. Yeah. And that's the, you know, to me, that's the most important part about hunting. And that's what drives him. Like this year, we didn't have no more deer meat in the freezer. And he said, Dad, we need to go deer hunting. Yeah. I said, Bub, it's not season yet. And he goes, well, when season? <laughs> he said, we need we need some more deer jerky, some more meat, because they like it. Yeah. And, yeah, it is, like, I swear, like, the wild game, and I raise cattle, you know, I believe in eating a giant steak and all of that but you can't deny that that meat is just downright healthy even when you slap it in flour and fry it i mean you just feel better about what you're eating well i mean hogs you know hogs have quite a bit of fat just because they're hogs but if you take them out of the equation most most game is super lean meat Mm -hmm. even like yeah we've caught some bar hogs but yeah, but the it, average hog that we catch, it's not that fat. No, no. no. I'd say, you know, the average good-sized boar hog probably has an inch, maybe an inch and a quarter of fat mm-hmm. along his back. Yeah. But then you get one of them bar hogs. Like, how thick do you think that fat was? Oh, it that? was five inches. It was, that was yeah. a lot. <laughs> I, rendered, I rendered lard off of that bar hog for like almost, it took me almost two weeks to get all of it. And there is no telling how many gallons of lard I got off that thing. But then now, like, see, so used to, even going back to, like, the 80s, everybody looked at animal fats, like lard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, when you when you hear lard, you think, oh, gosh, that's super unhealthy. But now the science has kind of gotten away from that. And now they're going, oh, wait a minute, these, like animal fats that we thought clogged up your heart and your arteries and was was bad for you uh, i think we may have been wrong actually that stuff's good for you not good for you but not bad for you Mm. much better than the all these you know vegetable oils that were supposed to be the healthy alternative but yeah so i mean i think you know hunting for the table it's coming back though because they they on the deer check-in deal like they had last year. And it was probably just because of the COVID and all that shit. But there was more deer killed last in the last two years than there has been in the last five. Was it really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's got all this. They had all they was getting all this money from the COVID stuff. And like, what are we going to do? Let's let's go hunting. Yeah. And another thing <clears throat> I think that's helping it, and I, I really like the show myself, is like the meat eater shows. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. They show like. He doesn't just 
kill 200-inch whitetail. He don't just kill ginormous moose or bears or elk. I mean, he has. Don't get me wrong. I would love to kill some of the animals he's been able to take in. But he shows you from start to finish. And there's getting to be a lot more shows like that. You know, like Wild Game Kitchen, Wild Game, you know, Master Chef and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, because there's kind of a – well, earlier this week – at my shop, a customer come in that I do a lot of work with and kind of know him fairly well. And he's probably, he's probably in his early forties and he was super pumped. And he was like, I shot my first deer yesterday. He shot it last Sunday. And I was kind of shocked that he, that, I mean, he, he's from here. I was kind of shocked that he'd, that was his first deer, but he was like, you know, I butchered it and everything. He said, I had a friend come over and show me how to butcher it, and I got it all packaged in the freezer. He said, but I haven't, I haven't eaten any of it yet. And he was kind of like, I don't know, like, how how should I cook this? But that's what I'm getting at is kind of this just like people don't know, some people don't know, they didn't grow up around it or whatever, that it is good. And it's not complicated. Like I told this guy, I was like, cook it like you would beef. Mm-hmm. You know, don't overthink this. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of ways you can cook beer. It's just simple. Throw it in stew. You can ground hamburger meat and cook in chili. Or take the back straps and fry them up. Yeah, he hadn't had any. So I was like, you haven't, you know, back straps never hit my freezer. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, you didn't eat the back strap? And he's like, no, I don't really know. I'm kind of, you know, I don't know what to do. And I was like, man, slice that. Take a tenderizing hammer, dredge it in flour, and fry it, and then make some white gravy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You're making me laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. No, I think, honestly, me and my wife, one of our favorite ways you've come over and ate with us is yeah. just grilling it. The backstrap? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, I love it fried, too. I'm not saying I don't, but um, we'll just a little steak seasoning and olive oil and put it on the grill, and then it takes – no, I mean we cooked it. Ten in seconds. Bear to, camp. Yeah. Yeah. It takes ten cook, seconds to cook. cook. You know, it's, deer meat cooks fast when it's sliced thin. Yeah, you need to cook it fast. Yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously, you want to make sure it's you know cooked, but in my opinion, but you don't want to overcook it at all. Not like a little bit of blood. And well, they they say medium rare. Well, you want to cook deer meat. Yeah. And. That's taboo to some people. They don't. <laughs> they see blood. It's it's not cooked. But no, we we don't want to get like completely off topic. But this is this is also what we want to do too. You know, we want we don't want it to be drilling questions. You know, we've said that a bunch of times. And this is our off season. We have been deer hunting, and you know, this we like what it brings to the table. So, yeah, when you go squirrel hunting now, yeah, yeah. If anybody out there has some good squirrel dogs, or decent, or decent, they don't, <laughs> they don't have to be the best. If somebody uh, wants to go squirrel hunting, haul, drop us a line, me or Tanner. Hit us up on Facebook, or we're not hard to get a hold of. That yeah. would be fun. I, I, I've squirrel hunted with dogs uh, quite a bit, and uh. 
squirrel hunting with dogs is a good like you were saying earlier like rabbit hunting is good for like old men and kids mm-hmm. i think squirrel hunting with dogs is the best way to introduce kids into dog hunting because it's if you get in a good spot with decent dogs it's there's no there's very little downtime for a kid to get bored like you take a kid deer hunting at 10 years old mm-hmm. and you're just like sit there don't move be quiet yeah it's cold they get bored and you don't want you know they come back home they're like oh man hunting is terrible that's how i got introduced into hunting my grandpa took me squirrel hunting we didn't have dogs but he'd take me and we killed numerous numerous squirrels and we'd come back skin them and my grandma would cook them yeah i like squirrel hunting still hunting too and uh, that's I'm, usually how it works. You go deer hunting, you'll see a bunch of squirrels. You squ- squirrel hunting, you'll see a bunch of deer. Yeah, that's why you go. I got the spot to go steel hunting. <laughs> Do you? Oh, yeah. You drive two hours. but. Well, somebody out there's got some dogs. Cody's got the spot. I, I went deer hunting down there. and there was, I could see a deer walking, and there's leaves everywhere, and you could not hear this deer walking. There were so many squirrels. I'm by the thousands. Yeah. Big old pecan trees, and they were just going crazy. And that's my first thought. I said, like, I'm going to bring my son down here. Yeah, it's fine. Squirrel and dumplings. Squirrel and, I'm not much on dumplings. I prefer squirrel and noodles. I mean, I, wanna, like, I like dumplings, but. You want to remind everybody about your wish about squirrel hunting? <laughs> my wish about squirrel hunting? Yeah, what did you tell us? <laughs> I, I I told Tanner and Cody a few years ago. I said, "Man, if I, you know, if I ever get like cancer or something, <laughs> something terminal, and I'm just like sitting around the house, like slowly dying, I was like, I just want you guys just to like come over and be like, get up, Ed. Like we're gonna go squirrel hunting, and uh, when you get me out there, just." shoot me in the back of the head when I'm not looking. <laughs> so I, I don't, you know, so like the next, the next morning Tanner called me. He's like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. So you want to go squirrel hunt? <laughs> so that's a little premature. I said like. <laughs> well, he said when we think he's ill. We, we think he's ill. <laughs> when I'm decrepit. When I'm decrepit and suffering, shoot me. You're decrepit, and we're suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm far from decrepit. That's his personal preference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a wrap. We're sorry that we don't really have, you know, we're not really matching our format here, but it's kind of what it is. Like Tanner said, it's deer season. Everybody understands that that stuff always shuts you down. But uh, we'll get we'll get back with Stoney. We're gonna go squirrel hunting. I think we missed deer dog season. It's always next year. Give us something to look forward to. Yeah, next year uh, we'd really like to go. None of us have ever been deer dogging, and uh, I think that'd be pretty exciting. You got a video on that too? No, I think I'd probably shoot on that. Uh, Cody could video that. <laughs> Listen to him. <laughs> Yeah, the video, like, uh, you know, like when you video a hunt, sometimes it's fun. It's fun well, to look at later. A video camera's nice, but person, we need to get some GoPros. Yeah, because you miss, a lot of times you miss the hunt. Like, <clears throat> yeah, because uh, like uh, when we went on the coyote hunt, 
I was trying to look, and then I'd move the video camera, and it would be off. <laughs> yeah. If you got one strapped to your head, you're just going to see what you're seeing. Another thing that I think is on our hit list before spring is the coyotes with the sight hounds. Yeah. I think that's another thing on our hit list. My father-in-law has some, but if there's anybody out there on that as well. What is the, what are like what time of year are they doing that? Much? It's right probably, now. They're it doing it right now because that place uh, my brother-in-law's got leased. They do it with side hounds. Yeah, after the crops are cut, and you can see that's when they'll start getting fired up. So, well, everyone, thank you for putting up with us. Hope we didn't bore you too much on this this run. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs>